This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments, allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, Dr. Vic here, and I am so excited to have you, uh, to share this interview with you. It was monumental, a lot of power and passion and uh, the stuff that Dr. Angela shares and, and what she went through and, and, and you could hear it in her voice, that power that she has. I've always known that since I've met her. Um, as we share on the show, we both have the same coach and that's kind of how we got to know each other. And she's just a, a powerful individual and she went through some things in life and how she uses that experience 
to how she transformed it and propelled her and used it as a catalyst is unbelievable. And she even wrote a new book called The Beauty and the Brokenness, A One Woman's Voice. I'm highly checked that out. I have, I'm about to, as we got off the done recording of the interview, uh, I went to purchase the book myself because um, I wanted to read it and get to know it. Um, she's just a great book. Uh, the reviews have been awesome and she's just killing it. Um, a little bit about Dr. Angela. She is a highly respected uh, chiropractor. Um, you know, she, she practices in York, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, she's, she's just a, a rock star changing people's lives in that area. But also, um, she's starting something new called um, the Shatterbox Coaching, which is absolutely um, her coaching and helping people to find their truth, to find their power, the, to, to really um, grasp within. And it's a really great thing. We talk a little bit about that on the show. And uh, of course, um, you can check out all her information about that in the show notes. So I'm excited. This was an awesome interview. Tons of great nuggets, tons of great things shared. Um, so tune in, enjoy, and we'll catch you then. Hey, everybody, welcome. This is Dr. Vic, and uh, I have an awesome guest here. I'm so excited to have on uh, Dr. Angela. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's <laughs> it's incredible to be here. Uh, Dr. Angela and I we uh, we have we have known her for a few years, and it's just. Uh, we're going to be sharing some awesome nuggets here. She has some great stuff. Just wrote a book, which we're going to dive into and so much more. And as always, as I always start my podcast, I always like to ask this first question, which is always going to be, you know, she's a chiropractor and, and, and now also now we're going to talk a little about her, her coaching business, her, her book and so much more. But Dr. Angela, I'd like to start off with, you know, in chiropractic, we always know that it, it, it chiropractic, we don't usually seek it. It always seeks us in some mm. way, shape or form. Um, how did chiropractic get, how did you, what, how did you get into chiropractic? What, what moved you towards it? You know, I was always fascinated by um, nutrition and health um, growing up. So, you know, I, I was exercising and doing sports, um, you know, all through high school and college. And, but Interestingly enough, I heard about chiropractors. I didn't know anything about them. So I kind of thought in my head they were kind of wackadoodles, like wackadoodle doctors. And I tell this to my patients now. I'm like, I'm proud to be one now. But I always thought they were kind of like wackadoodle doctors that really weren't real doctors and all this other stuff. Well, I graduated undergrad and I was, you know, pre-med, went through that whole process. I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician, wanted to take care of kids and recognize that maybe that wasn't the life that I wanted. Um, and I met a chiropractor, ran, um, actually in Chicago, interestingly enough, and um, he was helping people and he was, and he's like, you should come check out my, you know, check out my office and everything else. So I did. And I saw these people, you know, responding and feeling better after an adjustment and they weren't having to take more medications or having to go through surgeries. And, and not only that, the chiropractor was intelligent and he was a normal person. <laughs> you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't uh, you know, hard to relate to and it just clicked in my head. And three months later, I was enrolled in Palmer um, in Iowa. Um, I had never really had my first adjustment. I really didn't know what I was getting into, but I said yes because it resonated in my heart. I packed up my belongings, moved to Iowa by myself and um, started my my uh schooling there i love it that's awesome and through the you know um one of the things i wanted to bring up is like through that experience now that you know i mean obviously beforehand 
that whole shift of seeing the doctor doing all these things that are besides did, did you think back then it was like neck pain back pain and headaches what was your thought process of what I was, were? yeah I was definitely much more medically minded um, at that time I was thinking you know mostly pain relief um, it wasn't until after I got out of chiropractic school until I really understood the meaning of chiropractic um, I was one of my colleagues who is, happens to live in my neighborhood he was taking a walk and we met each other and he was telling me about um, actually coaching and these different coaches and how they help people and and prior in the chiropractic world but also talking about how you know really working on taking care of subluxation and 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 really increasing the vitality of the body it was so much different because the office i was working in right out of out of school was much more pain based and it reflected in the energy of the office and within a few years i realized that this isn't where it's right for me and when I opened my own business about eight years ago, um, created a whole different dynamic. And it is so much more fun to be practicing or <laughs> returning the power on the body and working with kids and, and really just trying to you know, be light for people that are you know, struggling through the day-to-day life. So true. And I know there's always this, uh, this weird view, at least I know in Chicago in the area when I, in my community, when someone's like, uh, have an adult in the office and they see like a bunch of kids running by and they're going... Why, why would kids need an adjustment? Like, what's yeah. the purpose behind that? You mm-hmm. might just tap it into that a little bit. Like, why, why would you adjust a child? Right. Well, think about what happens when they're in the womb, right? They're compressed for nine months and then they come out either a very small opening or through a small incision in the abdomen, depending on how they're born. Puts so much stress on those little spines and that can lead to their first subluxation that stresses that, that nerve system that needs to function. And we are all designed to be healthy. And that's something I think which is so, so misconstrued in our culture, right? We forget, you know, we hear about all the things that we need to do to take care of, you know, all the illnesses and aches and pains versus, hey, what do we need to do to make sure our bodies are as healthy as possible and express it full, full um, 100%. So um, when I tell patients, you know, I just say, hey, think about being, you know, in this tiny, small space and being pushed out a very small opening. Imagine what it's doing to that tiny spine and what it can be doing, what kind of stress it can be putting on it. And by doing a very gentle correction, how powerful it can be. And of course, I've seen lots of amazing things that have happened with kiddos that we get to see in our office. And once they they understand it, you know, they're like, oh, well, I guess everybody should get adjusted. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. It's pretty awesome. And don't you find it cool too, like how kids just resonate with it? Yeah. When they get adjusted, they like just all of a sudden, like within a couple of visits, they're like, I love it. I want to get adjusted. And sometimes you have kids like families where the kids will like fight who's going first. You ever get experienced that? I have. Well, and then the other ones, I'll have the parents say, oh yeah, so my son was playing chiropractic on his sister at home. (laughs) I'm like, no, let's be careful. But it's so cute because a lot of times the kiddos want to help when I'm checking the parents too. They're like, oh, I want to do the leg check or, you know, check their legs, make sure they're even and balanced. And, you know, it's very cute to see that. And of course, when we adjust children, it, I tell them it's like a dance, right? Because no two visits are the same, especially when they're babies and they are, have their own agenda. And so one thing that I think is always fun when adjusting kiddos is that it's, you're constantly on, your, on the move and re, kind of reinventing your style in order to, to work with the kids that, you know, may not necessarily understand all the, uh, all the rules or, or not so much rules, but, you know, how to lay down on the table and go through the process. But it's a lot of fun. I love it. That's so awesome. So awesome. And uh, so I know you're you're doing awesome with that, but I wanted to, you know, dive more deeper. I know you, uh, you and I, we've talked so many times in the past about all this kind of stuff, but you're kind of, um, um, 
also not only being a chiropractor, but you're kind of shifting gears a little bit too. And you do some uh, coaching. What got you mm-hmm. inspired or looking into one who inspiring uh, individuals in their lives uh, outside of just doing it with chiropractic and health? Well, just like you, we, I've um, had a coach myself for quite a long time, <laughs> Dr. Troy. I've actually been uh-huh. coached um, for almost a decade. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Just, so I started with... FYI, oh, sorry. I was going to say, just FYI, guys, we have the same coach. So Yes, we do. Uh, we, so anyhow, sorry to interrupt you, but go and ahead. I, that's okay. And I started with him in 2009. Oh, wow. Okay. I, yeah. I had a coach um, for a little while before that as well. Um, and so... I've recognized. And so when I started going through coaching, it really helped me feel um, more streamlined, especially when you're starting a business. And for me, you know, working mama, there's a lot of different balls in the air and allowed me to still have um, balance with that and connection and not completely losing my mind through that process. Um, But, and so it has really resonated with me as I've I've gotten um, a little bit through the process. Looking forward to She's like answering the door and I'm like, Hey Veronica. Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. All good. (laughs) That's how life is. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just like adjusting kiddos, you know, things just happen. Um, Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. So with the coaching is I've had such an amazing um, um, response with, with my own journey with it. And, um, but what's been so powerful is because of the journey I've gone through over the past few years, which I'm happy to share with in a bit, um, I've realized that I want to tap in deeper and really make an impact in people's hearts and souls. There are so many people that are just going, getting through the day. And I've had so many, and my heart really resonates with working women because I am one, is so often I'll have a patient, a woman on my table telling me, that she doesn't know the last time she did something for herself or that she is just overwhelmed and is overstressed and overworked and is not having support at home and not feeling fulfilled and just getting through the day. And we are not here on this earth to just get through the day. So my passion is to reach out to those women and to really um, collaborate, come alongside them, support them, encourage them, challenge them to create a better, more inspired life. I love that. And we'll, we'll dive deeper uh, more into this coaching thing. Cause I know um, this is kind of leading into your book already. And I know you have a story behind that. So um, I'm going to jump around a little bit here, but I'll, I'll sure. tie all, tie it all together in the end. Um, so let's, let's, um, let's dive into the, you know, there's a story that, you know, you're getting into coaching and you got the book that you've written. Um, Tell us a little bit about it because I know it's a very powerful book. I have not read it yet, but I will be. Um, I'm very excited to read it because I know it's just going to be uh, awe-inspiring for anyone that reads it. So um, share a little bit about what's, what's the book about. So my book, which is called Beauty and the Brokenness, One Woman's Voice, um, begins with my journey with my first husband, Josh, on July 1st, 2015, when he was... Um, rushed to the hospital with abdominal pain. And within two weeks, we found out that he had stage four cancer um, in his in his bowel that had metastasized to liver with a four month um, four months of prognosis. And the the journey that I talk about is really how he decided to shift his life because he was not in the most, um, you know, he didn't have that work-life balance thing going on. He, he was a workaholic. Um, he looked amazing. He was a marathon runner, like it was the epitome of looking good superficially, but, you know, wasn't sleeping, was eating 
poorly and different things like that. But he decided to, he chose to truly live and make massive shifts in his life and was absolutely amazing and inspiring during that journey. And um, went through all the different types of traditional and non-traditional methods um, to take care of his body, which um, initially he responded beautifully to. Um, but ultimately, 10 months, 10 days later, he did pass away. Um, but with such grace and dignity. And it, I didn't realize how that was going to affect my life. So, I mean, obviously, it was monumental. Um, but I didn't realize I was going to be able to continue to move forward. Um, and he, he, he died with such peace and beauty and, um, it was unbelievable. Um, and so I, my book is about that journey that we went through and it leads up until the point where I meet, um, my new husband, Paul, which, um, again, I challenged all my preconceived notions of how life was supposed to be, right? Like you get married, you have your two children, 2.1 children, four point, or, you know, white picket fence and 1.2 dogs. And it all went to hell, (laughs) literally. Um, but here I am, you know, remarried, you know, figuring out being a stepmom and which is going to be the next chapter, but (laughs) <laughs> the book talks about talks about um, going from when Josh got sick to the day I meet Paul, and kind of that whole journey of just you know, uh, emotionally. And I really tried to be as open about how I felt during that that process. And you know, I want people to know that even though I was functioning and doing everything, you know, there's still a lot going on. But the thing that was really amazing is that there was a lot of um, there was a lot of beauty in the whole process of all of it. And that was completely unexpected. And I always, you know, that's the thing I love about life, right? You know, you get this life will throw, you get to go through these dark moments. And um, I always talk about the contrast. Everything in life is a contrast. And you look at like, you look at this, you look at the universe, you look at the sky and you can't see, or you look in the universe and you can't see the stars unless you have darkness. If it's all light, you see nothing. But if you have darkness, then you can see Stars, planets, nebulas, you, whatever you want to look at, you can see all that. Going through that dark moment for you, you it was a, the, the light. How, how did you, going through that, um, what was like the greatest lesson that you got? Or what's the greatest epiphany or triumph or aha or takeaway that you've, you received? As hard as that was, I saw that the, the biggest aha was the, the gift of going through that challenge which I know sounds to some people very counterintuitive. Um, My husband died with grace. He found a faith that I never thought he would ever have before he passed and had this incredible just love and peace in his heart that it was absolutely beautiful. People would come to the house to talk to him thinking they were going to be like devastated because he'd be all, you know, miserable. And they left with a greater light in their eyes when they would leave after talking to him, he showed me that, that loss of, you know, people, our loved ones dying, one, isn't the end of the world. It is a massive opportunity for growth and understanding and deeper meaning. And I have found that as I, you know, as I process, as as I have processed his, the loss of him physically being with us, that it's given me the gift that, wow, you know, we just have right now. And why not go forward and, and take chances and to live life completely and 
I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing a life that I never thought I would. And, um, and I give a lot of that from the journey I had with him. And I learned so much with him and now I'm learning so much more with my new husband, but it's, um, I didn't, I didn't realize that you could grow so much through challenge because I never had a significant challenge before. Um, my life was pretty, quote, perfect. You know, it was all planned out. You know, we were good. We didn't have any major challenges. We had healthy children. You know, we were financially stable. Um, and Josh made sure that we were in a good place to move forward to be successful. He wrote a four-page document of what to do after he passed. So I had all that, including his obituary. I mean, he thought of everything to make sure we were as successful moving forward as possible. And we have two boys, Justin and Carter, who are now 13 and 10. Um, they have been incredible. Like, you know, we don't give kids enough credit, you know, for the ability for resilience, but my kiddos have been amazing. And we talk about Josh. He's part of our, you know, conversation. He's around us, you know, and it's really, um, it's been amazing to see too. That was a surprise to see how, because I thought, gosh, when I was there, if I had lost my dad, I don't think I would have responded as nearly as well. But Josh also told everybody he wanted to make sure we were going to be, be able to move forward. And he also told everybody that it wouldn't be long until somebody would come into my life. So he pretty much set the stage for the next chapter, even though it came a little faster than I, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, challenged a lot of preconceived notions. But um, um, it's, been, it's, been, it's been incredible. I love it. And I, and I just did a recent podcast about control and uncertainty and how humans, uh, uh, just for some reason, we love to control things. We want to have a control on all that we do, people, individuals, situations, as much as we can. And we fear that uncertainty. And here it goes. Life just, bam, certain uncertainty comes. And yet you're looking now back going, I just can't, I'm, it's more than I ever thought, you know, Right. I mean, I, I, and so it's one of those things we look at life and, and now do you look at life in a different perspective? Like I'm going to kind of trust the process, ride the waves kind of a thing yeah. than before. Definitely. Right. Definitely. But I, I, there's still that, you know, old part of me. It's like, Oh, but wait, <laughs> I still want control. You know, so I keep, I keep trying to like shut her down a little bit, but, <laughs> but yeah, there's I, that controlling mechanism, you know, that we definitely have. And that's something that my new husband, Paul is, um, very helping me with <laughs> on many levels, and I know my, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a culprit of this too. It's like learning just to like I want to control, and it's like nah, just let go. It's going to be all good. The universe always works for you. That's my new mantra for this year. It's always been like the universe is always working for me, so it's always going to work in my my favor, even if I don't, even if whatever shows up may not be pretty. Um, it's there to teach me something to go to where I want to be. So I love that. And I know like for your kiddos and, and for, for yourself, I mean, it, there's some grief involved there. And I know you wanted to, we were going to talk, we were talking before about grief and so forth. And, uh, um, so I know you had a little different perspective on grief than what, um, I did. Bridget may have thought or something. So I love well, to hear you collaborate a little more on that. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I always thought, you know, what you see in the movies, right? That, that in order to prove your love and devotion to the person that passed away, you pretty much are incoherent and non-functioning. It was my preconceived notion. And I was so surprised that that wasn't my experience. Now, believe me, don't, don't misinterpret that I did not have moments of excruciating heartbreak and pain. And there's moments now where it just comes, you know, you have those, you know, those grief bursts of um, emotions and 
I, I, I embrace them, you know, I give them space. I don't hide them. Um, I allow them to come through and, you know, I, the boys and I, you know, I'm open about this too. We all went to, I had them in therapy right away. Cause like my young, my oldest was, you know, just on the brink of puberty. So I'm like, Oh, good Lord. You know, he's going through puberty and he <laughs> lost his dad. Like, oh, man. how am I going to manage this one? Which, uh, yeah, 13 is a whole new world. But anyway, um, <laughs> God love him. So, you know, I went through that and, but I remember telling my therapist, I'm like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm functioning, you know, what's going on. And I found right after Josh died, I gave myself two weeks and I was back in the office because I felt in my heart, I needed purpose. I needed a reason to be doing something for somebody else. And what was so humbling and amazing was so many people came out and just wrapped us up in love so often, whether it was through food, whether it was through just, you know, helping out with the kiddos, driving them, um, my team was amazing um, at the office where they just, they didn't bring any problems to me. They just let me just show up, adjust and leave, <laughs> which nice. was wonderful. Cause that, you know, um, I didn't have the capacity at that point to handle a lot more um, <laughs> struggles at that point, emotionally for sure. But I moved, I was able to move forward. And I always had the sense that, that, you know, that obviously Josh was always with me, but I also had the sense that I was going to meet somebody which I didn't expect, like I said, quite as soon. And one of the things, and I share this in my book too, is I didn't know what to do about my wedding rings. And I know that sounds really kind of trivial, but there is, it's crazy how the things that get stuck in your mind. And I remember Google searching it. Like, what do people do when they lose their spouse? I was 39 when I lost Josh. And, you know, I saw they had like black widow rings and all. I'm like, oh, that's oh, awful, wow. right? Yeah. So uh, I, okay. I finally decided to like wear them in a necklace around my, my neck and my rings. And I had Josh's ring for a while and I wore it for a couple months. And then I, I felt in my heart that there was something coming. And um, interesting, when I met Paul um, three months after Josh passed, um, it was at a wedding of one of Josh's best friends. And the night I met him, it was one of the most painful nights because I went to a wedding by myself. And I saw these two people that loved each other and shared a love that Josh and I had had. You know, we, we loved each other dearly. And, um, you know, obviously we were, you know, we were together for 20 years. I mean, we grew up together. I met him my first semester in college and we were together ever since. And so that was all I knew. And I wasn't used to being on my own. I wasn't afraid of it, but I wasn't used to it. Right. And so, um, when I went to this wedding, I just kind of felt like an open channel, if you will. Like just, I was there to experience all the emotions and um, it was painful watching them get married. And I remember just sitting there and all of a sudden this woman came up to me and just held my hand while I just cried <laughs> silently during the service. And it was, she was such a gift. And I remember later that night, that night just going through and I decided to just embrace the evening and enjoy. And I would take moments to go sit by the water and cry. And then I would go and dance and enjoy and engage and <laughs> take my moments. And at the end of the night, I started talking to this gentleman who just seemed interesting and had, you know, was, was very interested in my story. And we just let the, the energy flow. And the next morning we met at a brunch from people that had gone to the wedding. And he... Um, I felt this energy and I was like, Oh, good Lord. I don't even understand what that is. I don't need any parts of it. And I tried to get away from it. And, but I knew as I was driving home from that air, that, that weekend that there was something going on. 
And one of, um, and what was nice is Paul lived two hours away. So we just got to know each other over the phone. And one of our first dates, we went out to dinner and our waiter's name was Josh. And it was almost like Josh gave us a sign like, yes, this is the next chapter. And it was crazy and scary. And, um, but yet again, not, not the trajectory I expected. I certainly wasn't looking to um, get into a relationship. I certainly was fine on my own in the sense of I, I don't need a, a man to keep me, keep me moving. But it just, all of a sudden I was brought a partner and somebody that, you know, just want to be a part of, you know, each other's lives to support each other. And he has a son too, who's 12. So that we can, you know, raise our three boys together and, um, and really move, move forward in a totally different, uh, beautiful trajectory of life, wherever, wherever it takes us. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I always, I always tell people too, like when someone passes on, and I know we discussed about this before, mm -hmm. it's been a little over, almost a year ago now, um, yeah. <clears throat> when you were sharing the story with me and I was just like, Hey, you know, uh, that, that's definitely Josh knocking on the door saying, Hey, I'm, I'm nudging you. Here you go. Yeah. I'm going to keep throwing this in your face. And then, and you may be quite, did you have any like, cause you said you had a lot of feelings of like, you knew you were going to find somebody or meet somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, did you have some self doubt with that? Did you judge your intuition? Did you judge that at all? <laughs> Every day, many times a day. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? It's interesting. I um, I connected with a spiritual healer, and um, since I had met Paul, and she and she told me even since we got married, she's like, you know, that was really brave of you both. <laughs> you know that not not in a bad way, but she's like, just because of all the challenges, you know, that you guys have gone through, and and my my new husband had gone through a very painful um, divorce, so he was going through loss on his own, but um it was really one of those things that, again, I wasn't, wasn't expecting, but it was terrifying because again, I was with Josh for 20 years. I only knew my life with him, which was pretty well planned out and very settled. Right. And then I moved to, to, to growing into a different relationship and figuring out who I was as a woman, not married to Josh anymore. You know, um, and interesting when I was, when I was writing my book, my editor, um, who is fabulous, you know, asked me, she says, you know, as you were finding your voice, which is, you know, the tagline of my book, well, you know, why did you want to give it up so quickly? And I said, well, oh, oh, oh no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> uh, that I, you know, found a, you know, I, I, a partner came into my life that allows me to express that voice in a, in a way that is completely new and freeing and terrifying. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, and Josh knew on the other side saying, uh, you're going to be, if you're judging this self doubting this here, here we go. I'm going to first date. Boom. Here we go. Now, you know that, Hey, this is me nudging as much oh. as I possibly can. Well, you know, we have a, a bench that a park bench, um, in his honor. Yep. Um, it's what he wanted, which I love. It is my sacred space. Um, it's at a park nearby the house is less than a quarter of a mile away. So that's my place. And when I was struggling with grieving him, being a single mom, entering into this new relationship with all kinds of feelings that um, I felt like a teenage girl all over again, which I had never felt that love. I mean, I didn't expect that at 40. So <laughs> there were so many different things. And I would go to this, to the sacred space and um, I, he was right there with me and, you know, I would always feel, and, and, you know, I'm a woman of faith, so I would always be praying. And that's when I would feel the peace in the journey that, Hey, everything is good. 
But that left brain and those preconceived beliefs that we carry from the moment we exit the womb, right? We're so deeply ingrained, you know, I was just like, gosh, you, you always have to, well, one, I thought that, you know, when you're grieving somebody, you have to be incoherent for months, right? And again, when we see in the movies and, uh, yeah. but, but re- recognizing like, hey, this can happen. And as you can imagine, there was some pushback um, in our families. But what was really a beautiful gift is Josh's parents were the most supportive from the beginning of our relationship. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. they they have been unbelievable, and they continue to do so. And I'm so grateful that we can maintain a relationship. I, I think even deeper than before Josh passed, which is very special. They are incredible people. And having their support, how did it like you know help you make that transition even easier? <sighs> knowing that they they loved me, um, knowing that they weren't judging, they were you know my my mother in law and. So our, when Josh passes right around Mother's Day, so this past Mother's Day was the second anniversary. And, you know, my, for whatever reason, it was harder this year than last year. I think if, as I was thinking of her, you know, losing, you know, as I've lost Josh, but she lost a son who um, right around the time of when we celebrate our moms. And, you know, I, I reached out to her and, you know, we had, a, you know, connections, stuff like that. But they, um, from the beginning, were just completely supportive. And she said to me one time, she says, you know, my biggest grief for you when Josh died was I didn't want you to be alone. Um, and I didn't, you know, want the kids to kind of be on their own. Not, not I'm not capable as a mom by myself, <laughs> but you know, that just having that companionship slash support, um, which was a big shift in our um, family dynamic. So um, yeah, just so altruistic and just completely loving and supportive. It was very surprising. I actually took the, my children, we went to a, um, a bereavement, there's a bereavement center um, in York for children. Okay. And I took them there and the parents would all be separated from the kids and the kids got divided and they do different activities and they do a lot of rituals to honor their loved ones. It was a really, really neat program. And we would sit around us adults and they would share stories and stuff like that. Um, and the thing that was always surprising is, you know, some of the people that had lost spouses had their in-laws telling them how they blamed them for the loss of their spouse and just such, such, um, just such toxic, toxic, um, guilt that these people were not only grieving, but carrying that on top of it. It just made me realize and be grateful that, oh my gosh, in spite of the loss of Josh, you know, I really feel like we have best case scenario. You know what I mean? Like we have good, healthy relationships and we have, um, we just have, you know, we have an amazing support network around us that um, really set us up for success and, you know, less, less obstacles in that regard to, to move through. I love that. I think it's very vital and important, uh, you know, law of association, who you associate yourself with, right? Imagine if you had those toxic people around you, would oh you, would, would you even have, would you be where you are right now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I, you know, I, interesting. I had a patient tell me I, so I'm, I'm one of those like hopelessly optimistic people. Like that's just how I've always been. I just, always, I look at the glass half full and, and I know sometimes for some people that are more not that way, um, that can be really annoying to them. Uh-huh, very. <laughs> yep. One of my patients who I've become, you know, closer with over the years, 
had said to me, you know, more recently, she says, you know, it kind of annoyed me how you were always so happy and positive and just seemed like you had no problems in the world. And she's like, now that you've gone through this, I feel, <clears throat> I feel like you have a deeper understanding, you know? And she's like, I appreciate your optimism now because I know you've gone through some challenges. And it was kind of an eye-opening thing, you know, that, you know, I guess it's like we all have scars of life and we can figure out how we, how we kind of redefine who we are by how we go through them and um, what they teach us. And for me, I mean, there's so many invaluable lessons that I have learned and continue to learn. Um, through this journey. And sometimes I'm like, okay, can we just slow down the roller coaster for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> yes. my, my head's spinning, you know, with all the changes, but, um, but yet, you know, here I am, I'm smiling, I'm happy and healthy. I see meaning and purpose in life. And I see my children, Josh's boys thriving. I see them growing through, um, you know, even though the teenager, um, my, my, Justin, my older one, who's 13, um, you know, the teenage years is definitely a different shift, but I know that's more of being a teenager versus, you know, that. And, but I also see them growing into their love for their stepdad too, who happens to be a teacher and a football coach. So perfect for, for teenage, you know, soon to be teenage boys. So uh, yes, yeah, I hear you. there's a lot of boy humor at our house. I love it. I love it. Uh, this is really, really good stuff. I had a question I was going to ask and it slipped my mind, but uh, I'm going to tap back to something that we chapped a little bit about going. Cause you know, I always talk about like, you, know, you go through the dark times and, and you go through these moments. Is, is there something that on a mindset level or something that you grasped or held onto that like said, this is my truth and I'm going to, it's just going to have to get better. or It's going to have to, where, where was your mind at in that process? Which part? Which part of the journey? Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of them you have. Um, let's start with like when, when, with Josh passing and and when everything just the world just collapsed for a second, you know, mm -hmm. and everything just stops, and now you're like very in that present moment. Um, what what was your mindset? Your thoughts? Like, did you say like this is this is all going to be a big purpose later down the road, or did you be like this? I'm going to see things better because being a very optimistic person, I know how, you know you're always mm -hmm. looking for that okay, there's got to be meaning behind this. Did you have some sort of mindset or a viewpoint uh, mm -hmm. with all that? I did. I, I knew, like, I, I had a pretty good sense of self-introspection um, during that whole process. Like I was really taking a moment. I was journaling, um, writing down um, kind of my thoughts, you know, over time. Um, I really had a strong sense that there was, there was beauty through this, that there was really a, a deeper purpose. Um, and on the other side, I mean, I'm still, you know, we all go, I don't know, other side is the right word, but <laughs> I've looked at it and I've seen that, um, I've seen the purpose looking at Josh's life and seeing how he was living his life and how it had, by getting cancer, was a massive shift and then how he found this deep faith um, that he didn't have before that was so beautiful. That and I, I even said to him at one point, I said, "Honey, I feel like God gave you cancer so that you would find Him." And and it, you know, and it wasn't mean to be mean or whatever. And he's like, and then he joked because he was never too serious about. He, he had a very good sense of humor through this whole process. He's like, "Well, is that because I'm stubborn?" <laughs> <laughs> you said it, <laughs> you know. But he, you know, he said to me, he's like, "Ange, I." I'm going to do everything in my power because he was definitely much wanted to have control of, you know, his outcomes and plan for every possible outcome. 
he's like, if I'm going to do everything in my power, and if it's not, if I'm not able to get through this, at least I know I've done everything I can. And you know, I can tell the kids that. And he did. And I recognized that he, when he passed, it was almost like, hey, I've done everything I can. I've done, I'm finished with this life. I'm going to make sure you are successful. So I want you to move forward and live. And that's where my passion comes from, especially getting into coaching. It's like, I want to live. I want to, if I'm going to, I want to honor him, not, not as a, a legacy, but honoring him. Like, gosh, he's no fit longer physically with us. I'm going to be here. And there's a purpose why I'm here and why I've gone through that and why I have the, the, the family and situation and support that I have, that it's time to really go out and make a difference in the world in a totally different, more meaningful, less controlled, <laughs> controlled environment and dive in. And, and that has been so, so powerful. So I knew I had that sense through his, his death. Um, I was trying to make sense of it. I didn't understand all of it, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't angry. I was never really, I only had a couple of moments where I was angry, where I was like angry that he left. And I was angry at my, at people that still had their spouses to grieve with. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I was resentful of that for a little while, um, like a day, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, overall, I, I knew there was a purpose and I felt that pretty, pretty much consistently. It wasn't like, I didn't never felt like it was senseless ever. I knew that there was a purpose and watching that transformation of Josh was absolutely beautiful. And I, it might sound totally crazy and that, again, not what I expected, but it was, in, he was incredible. I love that. It's so beautiful. The, the way you put it and everything. And it, and it's uh, one of those things where like in, uh, uh, in, in life, we always say, I always say this is like, if you don't make a change, life's going to make you change. And I say sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and sometimes the greatest gift you get and most people, and I know my background's in energy medicine. So like when we talk about energy and the spiritual aspects and why certain things happen, and some people say, well, there was something they were supposed to learn and this was their like destiny to learn it. And so when it happens, all of a sudden their life's going to transform. And there's so many people who go through, who get diagnosed with cancer or they have a heart attack or something along those lines and they make a massive shift in their life. And all of a sudden they're more peaceful or loving or, or whatever it may be. And sometimes the, the greatest, that's why I always teach like the greatest darkness is sometimes the greatest it is the greatest light it's just you had a it, it, there were signs along the way and, and, and we get caught in life we get stuck in our ways if you want to say uh, and then life will just be like wake up smell the coffee yeah. this is where what were you been trying to achieve while you're here in this life form so I had that I had that sense I remember saying this before Josh got sick I'm like wow life's pretty easy we got things going on and I have joked that I should have gone back and smacked myself upside the head <laughs> because I had no idea what I was in store for uh something else yeah and it's uh it, it, you know it's part of how we say it's part of life but it's it's one of those things and you just went through something like that that um is is I know if my wife or I pat well, my wife passed. I had to go through that. I, I know I don't know what I would be. I'd be a wreck. So I give you so much power and appreciation for uh, what you've gone through in your story, and then writing about it and putting it in the book, and, and so much more. So a lot of kudos to you, uh, and, you. and to all the listeners. Definitely check out her stuff. Um, and real quick, this is what I want to ask earlier. You're talking about I'm a half full, half glass full type of person. Well, I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna throw something up to you. I always ask. I joked with a couple patients, and I'm like. 
So is the glass half empty or half full? You know, it depends. And they go, well, yeah. and one person's like, well, if you're narcissistic, narcissistic, it's half empty. And if you're optimist, it's half full. I said, I go, no, the glass is always full. And they're like, what do you mean? Well, it's half water, half air. Right. And then they're like, oh, that's a good one. I'm like, what do you call that? Because I don't know, per- perspectivism person? <laughs> but it's always full. It's just how you look at it, right? It's reframing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I wanted to mention on that. But um, long story okay. short, let's – so. You guys got the those listeners. You got the background story. A lot of this great stuff. Um, this leads back into that whole coaching aspect and getting in there. I think I asked you the why on coaching, um, and, and and that part of it all. Um, what do you see for people when you work with them and getting into the coaching realm? What is the 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 process or the journey that you want to take? And it's most. I know you're going to work with. I see you not just working with women because you're that powerful of an individual. Um, and there, and there's no ass kissing on my show. I'm being really real and raw here, guys. So, uh, but it's one of those things where um, doing that. You, what is that? The the ended mind view you have for anyone you work with. I want to see a greater state of consciousness. I want to see a life that is diving in deep that is finding that meaning, that is finding that purpose, not just living superficially. Um, I feel like that's how I kind of lived before Josh got sick. Um, Just going through and I mean, I had wonderful moments, but I wasn't really feeling life. And again, just like I, I shared with you having patients, I had a patient two weeks ago that laid on my table and cried because she doesn't know which end is up. And she is overwhelmed and stressed. I want to come alongside someone like that that is looking for change and is ready to make it, but might be a little, but might feel overwhelmed and lost. And to give hope and light amongst that darkness, help guide through that darkness, challenge their beliefs, challenge their way of thinking so that they can start to experience a life that they truly are meant to live. And I feel like it's my purpose to help them uncover that. And as I share that with you, it gets me all, you know, <laughs> I get all revved yeah. up and I can feel that deep within inside that, oh, yeah. you know, as I'm just starting this business, you know, it, it, as, as we start any business, there's always those fears and <laughs> you know, self doubts. But as I'm sharing it with you, you know, we think about what is our really our higher purpose? You know, I'm feeling right now, this is my higher purpose and the sense of wanting to make that shift. And it kind of transcends those self-doubts and those fears. It transcends, um, you know, all those things. Because when we look at that 10,000 foot view, wow, such a massive impact. Those little trivial things like, oh, am I having enough experience? Whatever. You know, we all have the experience of life and how we want to bring it to somebody else. And I think when we stand up and, and share our voice, in a way that is completely true to who our hearts are, who we truly are, that all of us have massive ability to have impact. We just have to uncover all the shit that we have <laughs> on top of us that we've let stay there and it's gotten stagnant. And so really that process is uncovering those layers to find that person and pull them out through the darkness into the light so they can go out and help shift the consciousness of this world because... I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't watch the news. Anytime I like accidentally, like my, you know, I, I click on the, the, the internet and all these like terrible, you know, things oh, pop up yeah. in the news. I'm like, wow, we are being inundated with all this stuff day in and day out. Like what kind of world are we going to continue to live in if we keep perpetuating this? So I, I have always, this is, is resonated with me lately as being the beacon of hope. 
amongst the dark. And, you know, we've all gone through, everybody will have challenges in their life on one form or another. And that's pretty much, that is a guarantee, right? Yep. Yep. Some <laughs> might be harder than others, but we are here for a purpose and we can decide to either give up. You know, I, I had a conversation with a, a friend yesterday who was trying to figure out her meaning as she is, you know, coming near the end of her working career and feeling like she has nothing to show for it. And I said, you are still alive. There's a reason. Yep. It, your life isn't done. You know, we, if we're here, we have a purpose. And no matter where we are in this life journey, and we get to choose how we handle it, whether we want to give up or we make a difference and we dive in and try to break up some of those preconceived notions and make a difference in this world because it's absolutely possible for each and every one of us. I love it. That's you. The, I don't know. I hope the listeners can feel the, the energy of that because I'm just like, yeah, that's power. You're standing in power. There's certainty. And I love that. Yeah. And I think it, it's really, really critical, uh, you know, that to do that kind of process and help people uh, get rid of all this. Uh, I don't even want to say superficial life. It's, it's um, the life we're not really designed, like not really experience our humanness, our, our, what we came here to do, you know, I don't know if you have a different word for it than I do, but uh, I don't know. I'm having a difficult like like, time. Well, it's like skimming the surface, right? It's yeah. like just, it's like getting your toe in the water, but not diving all the way in. I was a diver in college. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's either, you know, do we want to do a shallow dive? Or we want to like, you know, up and down and go deep and yeah. you know, go in the deep end. It's much easier to go in the deep end all at once. Some, well, <laughs> not really, but just abandon off quickly. But dive in versus sometimes we just want to edge and we want to stay in the shallow end because it's, we're afraid of the dark waters and we just get our feet wet. And not saying you can't enjoy life, but is that really living? Is that really the purpose that we're all here for? Or is it to really guide, dive in and, and really crack through some of those challenges, some of those deep-seated things that you know I had no idea I had until I went through this process? Yeah, I love that. And, and that's, that's uh, yeah. And for me, I'm always like, that's life. How deep can we go? How much deeper down the rabbit hole can you go? How much, how much, yeah. how much more? <laughs> and it is, it is. I mean, I, I joke with, uh, with our, our coach, Dr. Troy, I'll, I'll joke with him every once in a while. I'm like, man, I thought I hit the bottom of something. And all of a sudden I revisit back at it. And I'm like, I'm going another mile, a few miles deep. And I'm like, and it's just like, it's so unreal. And I always try to teach people that's life. You know, you, you go through an experience, you, you go through experience, you, you learn from it, you heal from it, you grow from it. And then you go back and there's like fine tuning. And I don't know about you, but like the way I explain chiropractic sometimes is like you go through a math, when you start chiropractic, it's like there's this whole like massive momentum shift we have to do. And then with the brain and everything. And then all of a sudden I said, the body's going to go back and do some fine tuning every once in a while. And I'm, it's always going to have to fine tune itself. And that's what I call optimal care. But I'm always like, you have to fine tune because you're always dealing with stuff in life. And there's always, you can go deeper and deeper and deeper into different avenues. Yeah. I don't know absolutely. if you agree or not, but yeah. Oh, 100%. And, so this, um, really good stuff here. I'm, uh, this was, this is awesome. I know I'm going to definitely have you on again, uh, for sure. I know we have a lot more, we can dive into a lot more stuff here. Um, but real quick for all the listeners, how do they get a hold of you? Um, and by the way, listeners, I'll have this all in the show notes, but how do they get a hold of you? Um, they can definitely email me, um, you know, with any comments, feedbacks, questions, uh, if they want any further information about any of it. Um, my email is drangela at shatterboxcoaching.com. 
and that's Shatter, S-H-A-T-T-E-R, um, boxcoaching.com. Um, my website um, for my business, for my uh, chiropractic business is yorkchiro.com. But certainly email is the best way to, to reach out um, should they have any questions or um, comments or um, feedback or want any more information about some of the other businesses, I'd be more than happy to, to have a conversation. Love it. And are you on Facebook or Instagram, yes. anything like that? <laughs> I okay, so I I'm on Facebook, um, which anybody's welcome to come on, and I'd be happy to you know friend request. Um, I just downloaded the Instagram app for the first time ever yesterday. Ooh, so, um, all right, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm older than you, so um, <laughs> I was a little slow to, on the uptake here. So I'm now I have to figure out what my my user or whatever name is going to be. So I have to think of something cool. My 13 year old's on it, and he has a cool cool handle. So I I can't you know be outdone by my 13 year old. <laughs> and you have support. So you have I, one thing about your old story. You've always had support around you, and I you know, and so you got him to help you out with it. Yes, awesome. I do. True. So um, and then your book again, one more time is one, I'm sorry, Beauty and the Brokenness, One Woman's Voice. Guys, check it out. I have a feeling this is going to be like a bestseller, really. Um, <laughs> your story is very powerful. I've heard your story. We've chatted about a year ago. It was the last time I think I saw you. And yeah. uh, we had some good convos back then. So I know uh, this is going to be a good one and highly recommend get connected with her. Angela, this was a joy. Like I said, I'm going to definitely have you on again. There was more we could have dived into and uh, I'll definitely save that for another time. But um, love it. So much fun, Vic. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I want to thank you for being on. And until next time, just keep rocking and rolling. Live, keep uh, shining your light because guys, I don't know if you could tell through this podcast, it's a very bright one. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.